When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. But I don't think he deserves to die in prison for it. I don't think something you do on a computer with, and make a marketplace um, means you should be given essentially a death in prison sentence. And there should be, I think, a um, opportunity to uh, revisit this sentence. And actually the sentencing project is saying, how about after 10 years we revisit some of these sentences because they're so over the top. How much do we really know about Silk Road? A pioneering site that was way ahead of its time. It was hosted on a deep web. It was a Bitcoin sensation, and it vended all kinds of different things, including drugs. The person behind it, known at the time as Dread Pirate Roberts, later come out as Ross Albrecht, an incredible intellect. And there's a personal story as well, as you can imagine. Ross has got a family. Ross is essentially a normal person. He is now behind bars with no chance of seeing freedom anytime soon. So what is the personal take on this? Well, we're lucky to have Lynn Albrecht. She is someone that is obviously very invested in this being his mum but there's so much that we can learn from Lynn as well in the wider context of criminal justice so let's have this conversation it's fascinating you're listening to stop and search on scroobius pitch distraction pieces network brought to you by acast in association with law enforcement action partnership across the globe here we go behind your barricades yeah but how long can i stay Thank you so much for joining us on Stop and Search. Let's get straight on with this and speak to Lynn Albrecht about Ross Albrecht's case and the Silk Road. There's so much to unpick in this. And if you want to get involved further, then seek out all the different ways that Lynn mentions in this. You can go to freeross.org to sign the petition and learn more about the case. You can go to the Twitter account, which is managed by his family, and that's at RealRossU. And if you're interested in the work of law enforcement action partnership across the globe, see if you've got a local branch and a regional branch. The main ones being lawenforcementactionpartnership.org in the US and at Police for Reform is the Twitter stroke X handle. And if you're interested in what we're doing in the UK, at ukleap.org and at ukleap. So let's get straight on with this. Thank you so much for listening. And here we go. Thank you so much, Lynn, for joining me today. It's a real privilege to speak to you because the journey that you and your family have had has been unprecedented. Yeah, this is the stuff of film. Um, so 
the first question I want to ask, because there will be a lot of people that are aware of your and Ross's case, and I do say that it's both of you because, you know, this does affect the family unequivocally. Can you give us some background on on what happened um, and just the general origin story of why we're talking in the first place? Sure. Um, yeah, thanks so much for having me too. It's it's I really appreciate the opportunity to, you know, share Ross's story and my story and, you know, the whole thing. Um, when um, Ross was 26 years old, um, you know, mid-20s, um, he... Um, he started a website called Silk Road. He had been really interested and, and enthusiastic about free markets and Bitcoin um, before that. And it actually um, created a video game that he wanted to give people the experience of a, a totally free market. Um, so that didn't work out. And so he turned to the internet and actually he's not a programmer, but he did get help from other people to put it up. And it was the site was based on the non-aggression principle of voluntary interaction, and um, you know the the principle was that people should be free to buy and sell what they want as long as it doesn't hurt a third party, which is a very important part of this because that meant that, for example, um, there was no child pornography on the site because this hurts a third party, the child. There was no stolen property permitted because this hurts the legitimate owner. There are no violent services. There, you know, there's all kinds of things that were prohibited and that's rarely mentioned, you know, and, and it, it's the whole thing's gotten caught up in this deep web, you know, kind of image where many um, sites don't have prohibitions, but Silk Road absolutely did. This is, was proven at trial with um, exhibits from the site, as well as um, people who, I've talked to personally who were um, uh, administrators and spent time. Curtis Green being one of them, and he was he was the guy that um, w w uh, was the defendant, not defendant, excuse me, the victim, per the alleged victim of Ross's alleged murder for hire plan. And he's a supporter. He doesn't believe it was Ross, and um, he was a lead administrator. And he said they would spend hours every day purging the site of things that were not, that hurt a third party. So that site was created, uh, Silk Road, and the the um, idea was that drugs, which were sold mainly marijuana, most commonly small amounts of marijuana. Um, was a choice between two people. Um, so actually, Ross believes that. He doesn't believe in the drug war. However, he has come to realize and see, as have I, um, the, the real harm that drugs do because he's been in prison with people who, whose lives have been absolutely destroyed by drugs. And so he, uh, but at that time, you know, it was strictly an academic idea. And, um, so drugs were permitted. And so um, Ross was held responsible for every um, transaction on the site uh, by the government, um, which that's like holding Jeff Bezos responsible for the cyanide that was on Amazon that a girl, young girl bought and used to kill herself. And her mother was suing him for it. And, but, not, but he wasn't brought into criminal court for having a website that sold it. That's an example. Um, 
Facebook, it, it was even before, testified before the U.S. Congress that they, um, once they started actually tracking drug sales on Facebook, it dwarfed, uh, it was, I don't know, thousands and thousands more in, I think, a month or something than Silk Road sold in its own whole existence. I'm not positive about that exact thing, but it was lots and lots more. And, um, uh, you know, Jeff Zuckerberg was not, um, Mark Zuckerberg was not held responsible for um, any of that because, you know, it was people on the site. So Ross was held responsible and uh, for everything on the site and was given a double life sentence plus 40 years without parole, which is essentially, if you add it up, it's like two centuries. And um, not for selling drugs himself, but for what people did on a site that he created in his mid-20s. And um, so that he's been in prison ever since. He's in a maximum security prison because of his sentence, not because he's violent at all. And um, in fact, when he first was brought to um, the penitentiary the first time, they were like, what are you doing in here? What, what's the deal? Because they saw that his, his um, score for being violent or dangerous was like nil. And then they go, oh, it's the sentence, the, the life sentence. They automatically put people with life sentences in maximum security prisons. And um, so that's where he's been. Uh, well, he's been in custody and in jail or prison for the last more than nine years now. And, and you make the case that um, you can't be held responsible for what's going on with on the, in that site because of the ethics and ideals of what that site was. And I've, I've seen in other interviews that you use the case of that, I believe it's Federal Express of being caught couriering drugs. So it's the same principle of where does responsibility lie? So you mentioned the other big corporate names out there now that are also in this tool in it. Do you feel, a, oh, this is going to be a stupid question, but do you feel a sense of disservice because Ross has got the full weight of this? Yeah, was Was there almost a precursor and a pioneer to this that, if this case would come up now, would we get the same result? Would Ross still be facing this amount of prison time? I actually don't think so. I, I th times have changed in the last nine years. First of all, marijuana is commonly, at the state level at least, sold legally um, in many places. And I'm, I'm not sure exactly what, how many states were um, allowed it um, then, but it, I think it's very few. I think Colorado was one of the few. And because I know, because someone who... Um, was very much in touch with people who were trying to get CBD oil for their children who had life-threatening seizures. And they told them, now we can't get the CBD oil unless we move to Colorado because Silk Road's been taken down. And and so, um, yeah, I, uh, I think it was meant to show an example. And I think that, uh, look, I think Ross made a mistake. I do. And, and he does too. And he was young and he was very idealistic and thought he was actually helping people. I think Silk Road um, hurt people too. I think it was, it's a real mix. It's a very complex issue, but his intentions were good. And, um, but it did, people did get drugs on there and, you know, drugs can harm people. So uh, I don't, but I don't think he deserves to die in prison for it. I don't think something you do on a computer with, and make a marketplace um, means you should be given essentially a death in prison sentence. And there should be 
I think, a um, opportunity to uh, revisit this sentence. And actually, the sentencing project is saying, how about after 10 years, we revisit some of these sentences because they're so over the top um, in the United States and look at, you know, um, the, each individual case. And um, so I do think and of course, there, it's not equal treatment under the law. If, if Facebook and Craigslist and, um, you know, other sites that have people selling drugs on them don't have any repercussions in, in the criminal courts, it doesn't seem quite fair. And that was brought up by his lawyer, but it was not paid any attention to. All the big social media companies are having an issue with this. Yeah, the, the, the drugs are being vended online as we speak. Instagram, the there's that, all kinds of drugs sold on oh, Yeah. And one of the things from my perspective in the sector that I work in, you know, you, you, you're aware of Law Enforcement Action Partnership because you said that you know, we, we are supporting the case. Uh, and I've seen uh, Diane, my my chief executive, she's on the Ross, the free Ross website as well, given a quote for an endorsement. One of the things from our sector is that harm Neil reduction. Neil Franklin too. I don't know if you know Neil, but yeah, Neil Franklin. Yeah, Neil's a good he friend. He spoke out. Actually, we did a fundraiser in 2016 where various leaders in the crypto community, law enforcement, in all kind, and spoke out on video. It was an eight-hour video conference, and Neil um, spoke very eloquently on that. And from our perspective in our sector there's a thing called harm reduction and it was always prominent in silk road that vendors were essentially rated they they the the supplies and the drugs were given you know an ethical rating of how good they were if you know if any problems were arising and this was quite forward thinking because this is something we got now uh we got services like the loop that can test drugs so when you got that kind of peer-to-peer led harm reduction that was also a massive positive to the site that I don't think really gets raised that often. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think it's a good point, but it was raised at sentencing and at oral arguments. But, you know, practically speaking, uh, it's still illegal and the courts and government don't care about that really, don't seem to care about that aspect or make it a mitigating aspect. But um, I, I Many, many people have said, you know, it's so much safer. People, fewer people died and were harmed because of that system. So there's, you know, there's people were harmed by drugs they, they took and allegedly, I mean, you don't have proof, but we have people who've said that and um, people were spared. So, but, but, you know, at the end of the day, it was illegal. And um, so that's what we're dealing with and it's not really an argument that we can make anymore in, in to you know the, the government they don't that's not something that they yeah pure, purely is a philosophical argument from from my perspective that when we're writing academic evidence now the lessons we've learned from silk road are actually really invaluable for those reasons you had know, the harm reduction the fact that you know it is discreet you know it's not on the high streets so these are things that yeah, it's going to be no use to your case, but certainly for the wider issue of drug law reform, these are things that are quite useful. I didn't really finish the answering your question about um, whether he'd be sentenced differently. Another thing is Bitcoin, because in the trial, most of the jury had not even heard of it. And the picture that was painted about Bitcoin, it was this evil, dark thing that, um, you know, must be stopped. And, this, and a big part of the um, trial was about Bitcoin. And of course, now Bitcoin's basically mainstream and Ross you know really was a pioneer he was very visionary about 
the potential for monetary freedom through Bitcoin at the time. And um, now it's more cryptocurrencies and stuff. But And so I think the jury, you know, saw him as some kind of dark character and, you know, the drugs and the Bitcoin. And it all made it sound like, um, you know, he was some kind of kingpin, which is couldn't be farther from the truth. And, um, you know... And basically saying you know, a website host is a is the same as El Chapo, who, by the way, got half the sentence Ross got. El Chapo. And uh, in one, the the name Dread Pirate Roberts has become infamous now because of because of Ross's case. Did you also think as well that the 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 public image that the that was being witnessed? Do you think that that played a part in this as well? Absolutely. I mean, uh, I only learned that they were they were bringing up murder for hire at the bail hearing and they basically ambushed our lawyer with it. We were like, what are you talking about? You know, kind of thing in New York. And then they didn't charge him with it at trial. Two months later, they didn't, you know, they denied him bail and then they didn't charge him. Why not? Why is it because they didn't have the proof? Is it because it was on anonymous chats that you, you know, they're just saying this is true? That's my suspicion. But um, yeah. So if we'd believe in trials by jury in the United States, which is a pillar of our, you know, justice system, then this whole murder for hire thing is total speculation. And I think used to undermine his, um, you know, support and image. And actually, we went all the way to the Supreme Court on that particular issue because the judge at sentencing used it to justify her horrible sentence, her absolutely brutal and a sentence which is an abuse of power, in my opinion, by saying, oh, no, but he's so dangerous, murder for hire, which was never ruled on by a jury, never proven in court, nothing. She's just saying it. And this is something, apparently, that I didn't realize happens has been happening in our courts for a long time, that judges just say, well, I don't care if a jury said it. I think, I believe the prosecutor, so I'm going to sentence you on that. Or it's even been acquitted, and I'm going to sentence you, even though you've been acquitted. I mean, it's really, really a violation of our Constitution. And that happened. We took it all the way, that particular issue and another one, all the way to the Supreme Court, but um, they didn't hear it. They didn't adjudicate on that. that. That was a question I was going to ask you a bit later, actually, Of, but I'll get to it now, that a lot of times we find that, especially with drugs, the criminal justice system can be totemic. It can be very much a case of judges uh, making a case purely based on idealistic positions, trying to deter to society. So given the journey that you've had for the last decade, what is your take on the criminal justice system? I think it needs to be reformed badly. And um, the sentencing alone, and by the way, I'm starting an organization called Mothers Against Cruel Sentencing, not just for, for Ross, but I've many mothers and other family members have come to me and said, my son has, you know, X amount, some horrible sentence for something he did when he was 17. And, you know, it's like these sentences are really hideous and, um, of course, contributing to mass incarceration, making the United States the biggest <laughs> incarcerator on the planet. Um, so, you know, that's an, that's just a human rights um, crisis and really a national disgrace, in my opinion. And I think it's you know, before the drug war, before 1980, these sentences were not given. Sentences like that were not given. Even at the Nuremberg trials, I'm told that 20 years was the, the maximum of people, you know, who 
done horrible, horrible things. And um, now it, life sentences are not that rare, unfortunately, even for nonviolent people. And I feel like there's, um, it's really been distorted and um, is being used, almost weaponized against people. And I also believe there's a lot of money involved in mass incarceration. I mean, there is. There's no, there's no question. And um, so I think it needs, the reform is very badly needed. It's, it's co coming slowly. There was the first step act under President Trump, which was really good. Um, and it, but it didn't go far enough. And there was a lot of fighting within Congress and it did um, keep it curtailed. For example, um, one of the things in it was that there's this thing called the Third Strike Act, which was part of the 1994 crime bill. And thousands of people are in prison because of it, because it's saying once you break the law a third time, life for you. You go, you, you have a death in prison sentence for that one thing. But I mean, Ross knew a guy in there who got his third strike was um, residue, cocaine residue on a dollar bill. He got life because that was his third strike. So obviously that's so wrong. So the, the um, First Step Act said it'll be 25 years as an automatic first strike. And that's a lot, but at least it's less than life, right? And But then they thought about it in Congress, and the final outcome was that if it wasn't retroactive. So we knew people in there that were jumping for joy because they'd already done 18 years. They were going to get out in seven more because it was 25 years, but then it wasn't retroactive. So then they were told, sorry. You still have life, but if you do it now, you won't. And to me, that's like saying slavery's wrong, but you know, so you'll be free, except, oh, so sorry, you're already a slave. So, oh, sorry, bad luck. You have to still be a slave. It doesn't make sense to me. It's, it's, it's either wrong or not. It's either excessive or not. And um, so that's an example. It, and now, but now, at least it passed for people now. It's, it's baby steps. But now there's, I believe, a second look act, and I have to look into it more, but I believe it's about saying, look, after 10 years, let's reevaluate the person. Let's reevaluate the times. Would it be different now than it was then? That kind of thing. And I hope, I hope that for many people, not just Ross, that this does become something that is done because, I don't know, in the UK... If he had been arrested, in the, well, one of the big um, people who ran Silk Road 2 is in the UK. I don't know. And there, I believe there was child porn on that. If they, I don't think they have anything close to what Ross has. I think, it, I don't know his sentence because that's kept confidential in the UK. But um, I think it's, I read somewhere it's probably about five years. And he was running Silk Road 2, which was bigger and had sold more drugs. So the United States definitely needs to get, you know, uh, some reform going. The, uh, you remind me of the work of Judge Victoria Pratt, who I've spoken to recently, and she's made those cases, like you said, that the criminal justice system and the incarceration rates in the US are just unbelievable right now. And there's a, such a thing as the, the, the pr uh, school to prison pipeline, uh, probation to prison pipeline, these are all things that take consideration now because the criminal justice system essentially is a money-making scheme for, for various different ways. And I do recommend the work of Judge Victoria Pratt. But you mentioned there, the, the organisation that that you're um, heading up now, yeah, a new one uh, about mothers and sentencing. And that was one of the questions I really wanted to get to grips with was it, 
at what point as a mum did you realise what Ross was doing? Uh, how how far into the project of Silk Road uh, was Ross before you came aware? Oh, I didn't know what he was do- accused of uh, until he was arrested. We oh, we got a call from a Reuters reporter <laughs> and uh, we're like, what are you talking about? Ross arrested? This doesn't even make sense. And all of a sudden our, you know, camera, uh, camera crews and we're going by in trucks, taking pictures of our, our home. Our, our neighbors were freaking out. The phone was ringing off the hook. I turn on the TV and George Stephanopoulos is going, we got, you got your, you know, we got our man of Silk Road. And I'm like thinking, isn't there a tr- trial by jury kind of thing we do here before we're calling someone guilty? But okay, I guess he doesn't care about that. And then, um, you know, people emailing and calling. And I was like, it was like a tsunami hit our family. And really it's, it hasn't changed since, you know, we're just doing our best to stay afloat while we fight for Ross. And uh, so I was just like, what the heck? I do not understand, you know, what, what you, you know, now he did create it and he admitted that. So, um, you know, he, and I know he was very on fire for freedom and free markets and people having individual choice. And he, you know, he was young. He's 38 now. He's, he's, <laughs> it's been a while and he's been in prison and he's learned a lot and matured a lot. Um, I know for a fact he wouldn't do that again, that particular project. And, um, or anything illegal, um, but at, you know he was a um, young young man, mid twenties, and you know a bit reckless. And uh, so, how often do you get to speak to Ross and see Ross now? Well, I just finished seeing him two weekends in a row. I just I literally yesterday day, uh, no uh, Monday I just uh, flew back from Tucson, so and it was great. It was really wonderful to see him. Um, you know, the sad thing about seeing him is, well, see, the sad thing about seeing Ross is to see him in there. Because I feel like at the end of a visit, I want to say, hey, let's go out and get grab, grab a bite to eat or hang out or what. And, you know, he's got to go back to his cage, essentially. But um, but it, it's still always wonderful to see him. There are fewer COVID restrictions. There's still masks, but there used to be a plastic shield between us. It was really hard to hear each other and now there isn't i'm able to hug him for the first time in a couple of years so you know because they don't you know prisoners don't get touched they don't get you know it's they're so deprived of those kinds of things and but um also the other point is that there's a thousand men in that prison and there were probably five visitors so many of them are just you know their families have abandoned them or they can't come or they come when they can but mostly it's a very small amount of people visiting compared to the number of prisoners. It must be difficult as a mother to experience that, to see you know, the person that you raised incarcerated and going through one of the biggest emotional traumas for both of you that there could possibly be on this earth. So That's true. <laughs> are you able to, <laughs> able to make a case for that at all, what that experience is like? Well, it's kind of like a death, but you have hope. So I, I compare it more to... If your child is in a horrible accident and becomes um, a paraplegic or something, they're still alive. There's still hope that maybe they can be saved from that fate, but it's a tough mountain to climb. You're still there for them. You still do whatever you can for them. Now, I'm not saying that when your a child dies, it's not just as bad or worse. Some people have said, well, at least you could get closure 
you know, with a child who dies. But I don't think you ever do get over that. So I don't know if you ever do get closure. I think it's still a huge pain and wound in your in your life, you know. So, but it is like losing a child. And um, in Ross's case, he's a very beloved child. Um, now, look, if Ross had been doing things like child porn and all of that, I don't know that I would be fighting for him quite the same. I, I don't, but I know that Ross wouldn't hurt anyone uh, intentionally, and I know he, I know he has a lot to give, and um, he's not, you know, he's not a murderer. He's not someone that's violent at all, and um, so I feel that um, just just as an objective person, I think the sentence is actually puts us all in peril. It sets a precedent for sent, extreme sentencing in our country which allows the courts to give other people these outrageous sentences because they go, well, that Silk Road guy, he got double life and you did basically what he did, whatever, you'll get double. You know, it's like it sets a precedent. That's how our courts operate. So it's actually impacts a lot of people. And um, with the organization Mothers Against Cruel Sentencing, MAX, we're calling it, um, it's really not about, it's about awareness. And I want to have a lot of people join for free and uh, just get a, a bunch of people telling their stories. I want different family members coming on. We can play a little video and they tell their story. It's not just about Ross at all. It's about all of these people who are suffering so terribly because I, I, I get to know them in the prisons over the years and hear their stories. And it's absolutely horrible what they're doing to these sentences and these situations are doing to families, to communities, you know, and a lot of them are, are people who live in very difficult circumstances, you know, in ghetto situations, in rough neighborhoods, and um, they're trying to raise kids. And one mother, I remember, she said, well, you know, before this happened, my kids were getting straight A's. Now everything's falling apart. I ran into another woman she that I got to know in New York. I ran into her in Colorado. I'm like, we've got to stop meeting like this kind of thing. I'm like... We're, I guess we're running in the same circles. And she was like, yeah, I haven't been able to see him in over a year because it's just too expensive and I can't afford. And um, actually, um, that that brings up another thing, which is that Ross sold, um, we Ross, well, we raised money with some NFT sales that Ross did. And a big chunk of it, um, really a third, um, went to a charitable effort um and one one of the big um focuses of that is helping families in prison you know parents in prison see their kids and we just actually yesterday there was an opening in uh for a pilot program in virginia uh that we that our charitable um fund funded and it was um created a took a warden's old house and created it into a place where kids could visit and um, see their moms in this case. And um, it just means so much to families to be able to see, and children, because the, the, the statistics show that children of the incarcerated end up being incarcerated unless there's something to be done about this. And uh, the harm and the pain, I mean, you see these kids come into the prison, they're all excited to see, in our case, their dad, and crawl over them and hugging them. And, and then they're wrenched away and they're, I've been in the elevator with them in one particular place in New York, and they're just falling apart in there and just 
just weeping and so, so wounded by this. And it's just, I don't know, it just becomes so real. And so, you know, we want people to be aware of the price that this is, you know, costing. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's such an important point that the families of the incarcerated suffer just as much. There's an organisation here called Storybook Dads, so prisoners can read a story virtually to their children. And, and, and these are things that we really need to raise awareness to because it's not just yourself that's suffering, it's going to be other families as well that have been through this. So, so when is your organisation uh, coming to fruition? What's, what's, the, what's the score with that? Uh, there will be, a, um, in the next month, I hope to, um, I will, I'm determined to launch a website and, um, you know, put the word out and have it up there. It'll probably be a very simple website and we'll, we'll keep developing it. But um, yeah, to, to let people know uh, in November, I, I hope, I'll let you know. But um, just to bring awareness, that's all, you know, we can do at this point. Um, but that's that means a lot for people to just be aware because it's so easy to forget prisoners they're you know they're in this place that most people aren't even aware of like I, ross is in tucson it's not a prison town it's it's just on the outskirts and and a lot of people don't even know it's there you know but you forget about them you know they're they're essentially buried alive it, it's just they're in this tomb of concrete and uh so we want to but the families you know are the ones also that are, they're doing time along with their loved one that's the bottom line 
You're you're doing time along with them. There's not a day, not not even part of a day that I don't think of Ross and and work to to help him. You know, and it's um, it's something that's just very very painful for everyone. And I don't know. There's some videos online I've seen of you know the uh, family like a prisoner being released but the family doesn't know and they they surprise them and oh my gosh the kids and the they're so jubilant so jubilant to see them and you realize wow this has been really hard for them the the overarching theme that we've been speaking about for the last few minutes has been that stereotypical battle for hearts and mind in the public so what has been the experience of the press and the media how have they reacted to Ross's story and your take on the story? What kind of reactions have you had? Well, I'm really afraid of the mainstream media because I've had them um, just go for the clickbait and um, not delve into um, things about the case. It's very simplistic and they echo each other. They, I'm constantly reading that Silk Road was a billion dollar website. That is completely inaccurate, according to the government itself. And I'm not saying it was small, but it was it was not a thousand million. It was one hundred and eighty three million. And that included legal items. So for them to say a billion, a billion is a thousand million. It was not anywhere close. And that I see that all the time because they get it from each other. And I, I it's really I've gotten to where, be honest, when I read something uh, in the mainstream media or even not in mainstream, but mainstream does the most damage because they have a huge voice. I'm very skeptical. I'm like, maybe. Maybe that's true, but maybe I should look into it more before I, you know, uh, <laughs> believe it. And on, on social media, people are always putting up stuff that's completely wrong. And I'm just worn out with trying to tell them, no, this isn't correct. Because, you know, and, you know, Ross was never charged for murder for hire. Or, or no, it wasn't worth a billion dollars. Or, you know, all this stuff. It's like, oh, well, okay. You know, I can't put out every fire. And some people have said, don't even bother. It brings attention to them. So I'm like, you know, it's just, you know, the murder for hire thing was brought up, you know, at the bail hearing that got the media going and once, but Ross was not charged in trial with it. So two months later, there was no um, charge there. It was never ruled on by a jury. It wasn't part of anything the jury ruled on to prove, which is part of our system, but it has, you know, just been repeated and repeated and repeated and it's been years of trying i think it's slightly changing among people who care but it's um you know it's difficult on newsweek they had something about human trafficking that they did and i just read that on, and i'm like no they didn't that was on their cover <laughs> you know like hello i i don't think they have a high standard of checking out facts and really d digging in because it's work and they and also it's more clickbait it's more exciting to say there is human trafficking than or or whatever than to actually look and see oh yeah and there was also raw milk and there was also books and no there was no human trafficking you know it's just so my feeling about the media is not particularly i don't respect them a whole lot i don't trust them i don't respect them and i'm very cautious around them anything involving the criminal justice system does tend to be clickbait it's done for, there's a, a colleague of mine called Neil Woods that's done a video about photo op policing, which feeds into the media narrative, which then feeds back into the budgets. And it's a very complex system. And you do have to be very wary about organisations that are misreporting because you know there, there can be some quite damaging tendrils that come off the back of that as well. Um, but you've also, on, on the website, Free Ross, you've, you've also got a lot of support. 
and and I do mean a lot, and certainly some high profile ones as well. So can you give me an example, a few examples of some of the supporters that you do have? Sure. And also, you know, we just passed recently uh, half a million signatures on our petition. And that's at freeross.org. There's a red box you can check and sign. It doesn't take long at all. And I think we're over 540,000 now. And so that shows a lot of support as well. But as far as um, our support page, yeah, there's and it's a very wide range of people from both political ends of things. It's not just one segment. It's it's I mean, it goes from Noam Chomsky to, you know, libertarians um, like, well, Rand Paul's not on there, but Rand Paul gave me permission to say he does support Ross. Uh, Thomas Massey, for example, is leans libertarian. And then there's um, also Republicans. I need, I'm going blank, of course, so I need to look on the uh, page. But um, politicians, businessmen, a lot of um, very successful, you know, Bitcoin people, of course. Um, there's law enforcement, like Neil Franklin, and uh, but others. Um, and military. It's not just what you would necessarily expect. We have, because of the sentence, you know, they don't necessarily, some may think that Silk Road is fine, but they don't necessarily think that. But what they're saying is, this sentence is wrong. It's not American. It's not according to our values or our principles. And it's really quite unheard of. It may be the only case, and we're researching that now, of a young, someone in their mid-20s, first-time offender, no criminal record whatsoever, being given this kind of exorbitant excessive sentence it's um unheard of actually i mean there's bad sentences out there but this one is you know really extreme as a a devil's advocate just for a a moment what would be the what are the, the things that are coming your way the accusations the evidence why is that sentence so high well they said they wanted to make an example of him because the whole dark net thing was, you know, become they're becoming a thing, and they wanted to have their example. I mean, I've compared it to the head on the spike of a medieval castle, you know, where they would do that to say, "Hey, you want to end up like this? Do what they did." And the problem with that is, is that it didn't work. After the sentencing, it was there was a proliferation. I think that's in Wired. They Wired. I mean, they um, they have an article about, well, it's <laughs> burst the dam. It, it mean other people did it more because it seemingly they were just reacting, whatever. There was a proliferation of darknet markets after the sentence. And there, of course, there's still plenty of darknet markets and they, they don't necessarily have the kind of restraints like no child porn or, you know, that kind of thing that Silk Road did at all. It's, they're not necessarily based on a philosophy and sticking to, um, you know, trying to do something good. I'm not saying it was wasn't a mistake, clearly, but it wasn't intended for harm. And I think some of these other ones, they don't care. It's just money. And Ross has kept really busy in prison as well, hasn't he? The, the, the things that he's been doing has just been amazing. Um, so how is Ross? And can you give us a, an idea of how he does spend his time? Yeah, I mean, lately he's um, been doing a lot of um, mentoring of other prisoners and mediating amongst prisoners in his unit who are um, 
you know, have a, a, a clash about of something. He's also a volunteer for Suicide Watch to sit with someone who's, you know, in danger of killing themselves. Um, he, he uses his time very constructively. Um, and actually, there's letters with, I forget how many exactly, lots of prisoners signed. You know, he shouldn't be in there. Please um, commute his sentence. But also individual letters saying how much Ross has contributed to their lives, tutoring, teaching classes, helping them get their high school diploma equivalent, GEDs called, um, also um, uh, uh, getting doing remote college. He helped them, four of them wrote a letter. Yeah, he, it was his patience and his dedication, all just to help them uh, to get this. So he, he looks, my impression of Ross is that he looks where there's a need and he steps in to help. And he's even written articles where he saw a need. For example, there's one called, um, it, uh, his articles are either on, or really both usually, on medium.com or on our website under write, Ross's writings. And ZCAN, it's called ZCAN. And don't ask me to explain it because it's very technical, but it's addressing the problem of privacy on WhatsApp, enabling bad actors and child traffickers and people like that to get away with it because there's privacy and this is a way to preserve privacy, but not let them do that. I don't know how, but we did run it by, but he does. <laughs> and I, we did run it by um, some tech experts who said, yeah, this has got a lot of promise. You need to develop it more. And he can't because he can't get on the internet and he can't get on a computer. So Ross has a lot to contribute and he's always coming up with ideas, but they're wasted. It's all wasted because he can't do anything with it. He's, you know, look, he's very smart and he's actually is very altruistic and wants to help people. And um, when he sees a problem, he wants to address it. And so. It, it is clear that Ross is gifted. Do you think there could be any future prospects down the line as society reforms, as we get to grips with different attitudes? Do you think that Ross could be one of the people that does help with the issues that we've been discussing? I do, I absolutely do. And, um, you know, he's already trying from prison and we're hopeful that, you know, this is going to take a, a commutation from the president of the United States because we've gone all the way to the Supreme Court. You can't go any more further and you can't go back to them. So this is to the president of the United States saying, look, um, give him a chance to prove himself, you know, give him either time served or 10 years, which he's already done nine and a half or even more, but not, don't make, don't have him die in there. He's got so much to give. And we're, you know, hoping and praying that it'll be done and that, um, you know, that he can. Because I know Ross would, for one thing, he's vowed to um, to work on criminal justice reform and speak out for, for his fellow prisoners. Because you can't be, you know, I know several people who've gotten out and they've become lawyers or uh, advocates it's almost impossible for a good person to have been in there and not get out and help try to help, you know? And so, yeah, no, I think he would. I think he would bring a very good and effective angle to various problems that could really be helpful. Now you mentioned that the, the next step is unfortunately presidential level. Apparently President Trump did look into it, but didn't do anything. Is there any avenues with Biden? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I we, you know, Ross's thing is as long as there's life, there's hope, and we feel that way. And um, I know that having spoken with the, I didn't, it wasn't a personal Zoom call, it was more like a group Zoom call where she addressed us, the um, pardon attorney, um, Elizabeth Oyer, who was great. She really was very pro-clemency, wants to have people get have a chance, and I was really appreciative of her attitude. Um, and she's part of the Department of Justice, but she was very compassionate. And um, for so that's one example. I feel like there are ways to have his case considered. And, um, you know, our argument is, you know, give him a second chance. He's not going to hurt anyone and he can help a lot of people. And, you know, we're just hoping that that can happen. And there's many people who deserve clemency, many people who need to be, you know, out of prison. They've they've learned, you know, give them a second chance. And that's, you know, what, um, you know, that's what the whole um, thing of second look is about. It's like, okay, 10 years ago, they were 17 or they were 26 or whatever it is, or even older. And they've been in there for 10 years now Let's evaluate the individuals and see if it's really necessary to spend, in Ross's case, $2 million to keep them in there for life. And that's probably higher now. And um, multiply that by thousands of people. It's very, it's, it's very expensive. The, the taxpayers are paying a huge price. And, and the fundamentals of the criminal justice system is supposed to be about rehabilitation, not just punishment. And you mentioned the prisoners that have been advocating for his release. I think at the, at the last count, I think it's around about 130 signed letters from prisoners that are going in. So he's clearly quite a popular person behind those walls as well, I'd, I'd imagine. You know, he's just really nice. You know, he's very friendly. He never, even though he's very smart, he never talks down to anyone. He's, he's always very, and he's very uh, compassionate. And, you know, I, I, you know, I kind of joke that, you know, raising him, I'm always like, well, I always wanted to have a good peer group and stuff. And he's been friends with gang members and leaders and all these people because they're in there. And I said that and he said, well, mom, gang leaders are people, too. They're people, too. You know, they're, you know, and a lot of them have had extremely rough childhoods. I mean, just heartbreaking upbringings. And he has a lot of compassion for that. And they sense that. They know that. And he's, he's a good guy. You know, he's friendly, he's fun, he's, he's still fun. And um, so he's likable and he's, and he's sane. He's like a very well-adjusted mentally. He's very, you know, very well-adjusted. And there's lots of people in there that are, you know, struggling. And so I think that's, you know, a lot of it. And he helps people, you know, if somebody needs a letter, he'll help them write, write it or whatever. He's very happy to help people. And of course that, it's always an endearing quality as well. So to, to, to wrap up now, what is your your personal life like? How much time do you spend to Ross's case? Do you have any personal life whatsoever? Do you manage to escape this at all? Uh, yes, 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 yes. I make a point. I mean, I went for a walk this morning. I, you know, I have friends, um, of course, and get together with friends. And usually, honestly, when I do, I'm like, let's not talk about Ross, okay? Because a lot, or if I'm at a, gathering or party and people always want to ask me all about Ross. I'm like, guys, I, I just need a break, you know? So I, I do, I do that, you know, because it's wears me out. But I mean, I'm, it's not that I'm happy to talk to people, but you know, I need, I need that personal time to keep going. Uh, I live near my daughter and her husband. That's really great. 
Um, and, uh, you know, sure. No, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, going to spend the holidays, we, we all are in Tucson, see Ross on Christmas and New Year's, because it happens to fall on weekends. And um, with friends there that I made when I lived there, because I followed Ross around. <laughs> and uh, now I, I live in Florida, but um, I don't, I, up until I moved here a year ago, I followed Ross around. And to be, so to visit him, and um, I still visit him. And um, yeah, so we're going to be with friends and, you know, it'll definitely have, you have to have that. And you have to have fun, you know, you have to have some joy in your life or it'll just eat you alive. And Ross wants me to. And he wants, you know, I want him to. I mean, he's got, there's enjoyment in there. It's not completely awful, brutal. It's like, like he'll say, hey, my, I and my cellmates were, were making a taco bowl. We're all going to have a dinner together. Things like that, you know, or walking outside in the, there's this big yard. He goes, yeah, I walk out there and I can see the sky and I can feed the little birds and I can, you know, these little things that, you know, seem so simple, but they really do enrich your life and you need to find them and make sure that, you know, you don't go into this totally dark place. And then my faith, my faith in God. I do believe God uh, loves Ross and I believe that um, Ross will be free. I do. I have hope for that and Ross does too. And he, he writes about his faith, actually, in a really great essay um, that's up there called Five Keys to Inner Strength I Learned in Five Years in Prison. That was four years ago, but it's still very applicable. It's really good. And it really gives you insight into Ross and who he is. It's He's learned a lot. <laughs> There's a lot to learn in there. And, that, and that's going to be my final question to you, is that there's a lot to learn. And presumably, you and your family have had to become quasi-experts on the criminal justice system and law. How much work and time and effort have you put into this to understand the processes that go on in your country? It's been, the whole thing has been a full-time job, really. Um, for You know, it's a full-time job. I mean, I don't every single day work eight hours, but, you know, uh, today after this, I have two more phone calls. I have other things I have to do. Um, you know, it's a, it adds up quickly. Um so, but I have, I've learned about the law, not as much as I could, I could, that's endless. And I've, I haven't learned as much about cryptocurrency, ironically, as I should, because I'm not a numbers person, but I certainly know more than most people my age. I've had to learn, um, you know, uh, tech and social media and all of that. And again, you know, for someone my age, um, this is not a nor natural language for us, you know, baby boomers. We're, we didn't grow up with this. So it's like a foreign language. So I speak that foreign language pretty well for someone my age. But compared to you, I'm sure I'm, you know, seem illiterate. And, um, you know, it's just, a, it's been a very steep learning curve on so many levels. But it's also been, you know, if only Ross weren't in prison. I, you know, I've met so many great people and so many people who really care. And I just pray for the day when he can meet them as well. You know, obviously you, you know, you're, I'm meeting you and you're great. You're, you know, someone who understands and cares about these issues and so many people. And so there's been silver linings. It's just that Ross is in, in, in prison. He's in a cage. You know, he's controlled all every minute of every day. And um, so, you know, but there there are blessings in the in the clouds, so to speak. Well, thank you so much, Lynn. I, I wish you well in everything you do. 
and yeah, goes without saying, I wish Ross well. Yeah, well, I, I look forward to when he can talk to you. <laughs> and I'll, I'll go, uh, you know, he can peel me some grapes and I'll go off to the beach. And <laughs> Perfect. I'll sort out an English cup of tea. Yeah, that's good. I love that. I love, in fact, I drink PG tips, right? That's the oh, English wow. thing. Oh, yeah, I do. It's the best. And uh, an English friend of mine turned me on to it. So. <laughs> Thank you for listening. And as I said at the start of this episode, if you want to get involved in the case, freeross.org and also his Twitter handle at RealRossU. And there's so much we can do to raise awareness and please do get involved. And thank you, Lynn, for giving us that beautifully open conversation. I can only imagine what the family go through and how they keep strong is, yeah, incredible. Absolutely incredible. I send Ross personal best wishes and let's hope that we can have a conversation with Ross at some point soon. And I thank Nuria, are one of our incredible Leap Europe members for the link to this conversation. She did a written interview with Lynn and I urge you to seek it out because Nuria is an absolutely incredible journalist. I want to want to thank you. Thank you to My Name is Ad for the artwork. Thank you to Nikki, the producer, who without you would be nothing. Thank you to John and Tristan for everything you do. Thank you to Johnny Borrell for the theme tune, Scoopius Pip for having us on your network, John Harris at the Distraction Pieces Network. And thank you for listening. And of course, as usual, if you like this episode, share subscribe rate all of those different things you can do to help and until next time we'll see you thank you so much bye behind your barricades yeah but how long can i stay behind your barricades where Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> 